Good morning. Welcome to Speaking of Animals. I'm Amy Caratanudo, the Executive Director of Flagler Humane Society, and I have one of my favorite people here with me today as our guest, um, Dr. Frank... Caparelli. <laughs> they call me Dr. Frank for That's sure. That's why we it call you Dr. Simple. Frank. I, I, when, I write, when, I, when I write your name, I start writing like carpool and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff. So Dr. Frank. Dr. Frank has um, been helping us at the Humane Society for um, just a few months. He actually comes from New York and has um, uh, veterinary licenses in seven different states. So he's, he's a celebrity. <laughs> if you want to call it that, yes. Yeah. So I, I came to Florida to retire. And I find mm, myself letting. contributing to help my animal friends and community as much as I can. So it's been a really great, it's great, wonderful for me. It keeps me in the, in the run of things here. I'm happy to help Amy out with her questions. Yeah, well, we, um, we actually met Dr. Frank through one of our board members, met you at um, Plantation Veterinary Hospital. Was, you were trying to just work like one day once in a while ha- there. Helping out an associate who graduated actually in the same place that I went to school, and he had mentioned, would you like to come in and give me a hand one day a week here or there? I said, okay. He helped me out mm-hmm. with my pet. So it seemed like an opportune time just to keep my, my skills going and Fortunately, I met the staff there, and they asked me if I'd like to work at the shelter. So one thing went to the next thing. <laughs> and so. now we won't ever let you leave. We want you there all the time. <laughs> it's, it's a good place to be. I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and oh, well, we, I have to, I have to tease you about this. Um, this past weekend, we um, had a staff member that we were walking in memory of his father at the Gammon Rock Walk, and it was a 28 mile walk relay, I guess. And so I thought, you know, I'll do a tiny bit of it, just, you know, showed my support. So I walked like eight miles or so from Heroes Park to the airport with one of my friends, Lucy. And then, Dr. Frank, I'm all proud of myself what I did. And then tell everybody what you did. Well, we, <laughs> they thought I was kind of crazy. I walked the whole thing. I walked the whole 28 miles. Okay. It took about, we did it about nine and a half to 10 hours. It was a pleasure walk. And we had like, weights on our back we were carrying a lot of weight i had like you really did 50, weights too i had 15 pounds on my back okay the other fellows were carrying more one of the fellows brothers was carrying 45 but he only did eight miles so i just we, had cookies in my backpack <laughs> I, had, I had all water and everything but it was a very nice event and I, it, again it was a camaraderie of joining because i wouldn't have known these people unless i was at the shelter mm-hmm. met this young gentleman who lost his father and met amy and it was a good reason to get me into the scene and i was very happy to do that Showed yeah. me up, <laughs> and I, she thinks I showed. We, I just, I just grabbed Amy. I knew about this for like a month and a half. I told her about three days before. I said, Amy, they have this walk. What do you think? And she says, Oh, I'd love to do it. And, you know, so she was all excited. So she really jumped into it like two days before without anything. Oh, so like I, don't I, know how. like I would have trained anyway, right? Anyway, at least she knew what it was about. <laughs> she just did it, and she was right first one on the list. Mm-hmm. I saw her name in there. So my training was going to Olive Garden. That's the training <laughs> that you needed to. You're supposed to eat <laughs> yeah, a big carb. carbohydrate diet. That was it. I walk. trained. <laughs> but it was a lot of so. fun. And the, the the real fun part was when we finished the run, and nobody inquired about my age. And I was like, okay, all these guys. And I was seventy. I'm seventy two years old, mm-hmm. and I did this. And the other guys were all like oh, catching their breath. And I was like, okay, ready to go again. <laughs> so I just wanted to see that I could do that, and still, as long as I could do it, I keep going forward. Yep. And, there's next year. Maybe I'll try to go. I don't think I'll ever make it 28 miles. We'll, but maybe we'll, 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 yeah, we'll drag her through that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun and it's motivating the same as the veterinary field is motivating. And that keeps us going and stimulated. Yeah. And uh, that's the beauty of what we do. Yeah, I think like you say, like you, if you love what you do, 
it's not work. It's, and I have to say it now since I am retired, I'm doing more of my reading now than I probably ever did as I was working because there was never that moment <laughs> to sit there and just read your journals. Mm-hmm. You did what you could and you went to the conferences. But now it's more of an intense learning process for me and I'm, I'm really comprehending it even more and putting everything together, tying, tying up the knots if you want to call it that or the <laughs> dots. Well, you've done some really cool stuff for the shelter animals. I know we had that cat that had the, the sort of injured armpit Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. My buddy, that right? One, yeah, for yep. quite a while. You sewed that cat back together in a really cool way, and like that cat healed up and got adopted. And, and, you and, know. It, and as Amy would say, a lot of the pets that they have or come through these shelters, you know, they may have an injury here. They may look like this. There's a bump on them. And it doesn't look like a good sell if a person sees an animal like that. Oh, my God. What's this little thing? Meanwhile, we know it's not really anything, but we try to make it look and fix it so we can correct it and the animal goes home in a healthy condition. That's the whole purpose of mm-hmm. that. That's why we did that. And yeah. A little plastic surgery in that kitty to make him <laughs> fed better. Yeah, I think I think we were talking about you doing that kitten toe kitten, yes, kitten yes. toe surgery tomorrow. tomorrow we'll okay. do a little t- take a little toe off because of an in- of a growth defect. But if you saw the kitty, it's a sweetheart. But somebody looks at the little foot and doesn't know what it's about. If we fix it, you're not even know what's missing. So that's what we try to do and make yeah. the cat nice and healthy. Make sure things go forward. Yeah, so if that's if that surgery is done, maybe by next week it'll kitten will be up for adoption. It'll be, it'll be come, running. Come it'll adopt be, the kitten. It'll be running around. <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> yes, for sure. So we also, um, I know you and I have talked about um, other issues that some of the older animals, um, either shelter animals or owned animals, um, some issues that we see in some of the older animals. We had talked about some diabetic animals we see diabetic cats but also diabetic dogs, dogs too unfortunately we have diabetic people it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a bad disease and uh i wouldn't say bad in the sense it's easy it's a really easy one to work with once you understand the signs and in most owners once we see our pets doing things that aren't normal drinking a lot and whatnot addressing it is the whole point i tell many times you have to know what your pet looks like normally mm-hmm. they look for anything that's abnormal that's how we try to work with. In diabetic animals, you'll see them drinking, urinating a lot. And sometimes the urine in these guys is almost like maple syrup. It's so thick because there's so much sugar in it. So these are the indicators that tell us what we may be dealing with. And then, again, presenting it to the veterinarian, we're able to control that and guide people through it. And dogs have a healthy life and go forward as long as we have that kind of camaraderie between mm-hmm. the owner, ourselves, and the pet. Like you say, like kind of early early detection of Anything, Anything can make a huge difference. Anything, yeah. We, well, I, I try to tell most people, just look at, like, I guess, ourselves. You know how you feel. We just talk about this walk we did. You, you, how your body feels and what you feel like all the time. So you look at your pet. Is he good today? Is he looking me in the face? Is he hiding? And those are the observed things that give you a baseline. Any changes from that might send up a little flag that something might not be right. He can't tell you. The pet can't say, I'm not feeling good. I have a headache today. <laughs> but we have to be able to determine that. That's where that little skill comes in. Mm-hmm. And like he's, and animals too can be so stoic sometimes when it comes to pain. So by the time you see the signs, you need to jump on it quickly because the animal may have been hiding. You know, like if it is a pain thing, sometimes they can hide it pretty well from us. They're so brave. They're so much braver They're, than we and, are. And also, the point is that you, we know if you have a belly ache, oh, I don't, you know, I don't feel too good. I'll tell somebody I'm going to stay in bed today. The pet doesn't can't tell you this. They just. Don't eat. They just something is different, and they can't say I have a bad headache. Or, mm-hmm. My leg hurts today. So we have to be able to interpret that. That's the that's the hard part, and the part that we try to train for. And Amy has a lot of experience with this too. Knows what pets are which, their dispositions, just by their general behavior. Right. And that's what we try to look at right. and be consistent with. So what if an if a owner brings an animal to you 
Um, what makes you suspect diabetes? Like you say, the drinking, drinking more urine. Well, the, 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 the first thing we have to do is we have to pull the information from the owner because the pet's not going to talk. He won't tell <laughs> us what he does. There's no hint of anything to do. And we ask about what the pet has been doing lately. That usually, if they're coming in for the diabetic reason, the flag's already there. But if the dog is showing signs of increased drinking, urination, not acting so well, eating crazy, because the diabetics are always hungry. They're constantly looking for a sugar sauce. They keep eating. And the animals eat, eat. Some of them will lose weight just eating and what's going on. So I look for that. Also, I look at the animal's basic disposition. When you, first thing an animal comes to the office, I'm not looking at the people. I'm looking at the dog walk around or the cat, see how they are, how they're playing, what they look like. That gives us a hint of what they're doing. And I get deeper and deeper into the pet and more and more information from, again, the owner. That gives me the information I'm looking for. Based on that information, any animal, whether it's a diabetic, whether it's a kidney failure pet, whether it's a pancreatitis pet, they all look the same. The, the conditions could be the same. It might be a little more blood test, might find something, just a quick urine test, may tell me right away what I'm looking at. But I need something to make that crossover because everyone coming in could look the same across the board. Mm-hmm. That's where we have to use a little bit of skill to try and narrow that down. And a lot of that will come, how long is this going on is the first thing. This dog was in the car for three days and didn't drink. He's going to look like a diabetic because mm-hmm. he's hot. So that's right. the kind of thing we try to feel into the equation. And then just um, like going back to diabetes. So the first thing you do once you assessed what the animal looked like, you know, coming to visit you, blood, blood work, urinalysis. Blood work. Now, blood work, mm-hmm. we could go, I mean, it could, you know, it start to go a little high because of blood work, we do all kinds of, we could do a quick blood sugar test. You take a drop of blood out, take a sugar test, a little dipstick, and right away that'll tell me where we're at. A urine dipstick will tell us we have it. Granted, we have the diabetic condition, but is that the primary mm-hmm. or something else is causing that diabetes? That's when the other testing comes into play. But no matter what, based on those the two things, this animal may need to be a candidate for insulin just because those numbers are elevated. Based on that, if somebody has to work on a minimal budget, we can work just with that because I know something's not correct. What's the underleading cause might lead to more testing and all that. If you want to do that, that may be here or there. Sometimes they will do fine just low-keyed and keeping it on the check. We see we see diabetic cats at the shelter. Yeah, a lot of them, yeah. yeah. A lot of times I'm sure owners get frustrated because of the fact that pets have diabetes, which is not – it shouldn't be a death thing. sentence, yeah. It, it's, it's not a it's, – it's, it's kind of a not – well, it's not – everyone's going to have fun, but it's got nothing to do with the pet's life. The pet can still have a quality life. For sure. And that's what we try to do. For sure. And explain that to the owner. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, we're going to talk some more with you after we take a quick break. Thanks, Thank Dr. You. Frank. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Speaking of Animals. I'm Amy Caratanudo from Flagler Humane Society here with Dr. Frank, and we're talking a little bit about um, our aging pets. Um, you know, that's they don't live long enough for sure. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I wish my dogs would live to be like 40 or 50, but I guess they... Uh, if, if we did that, we'd have to donate them or give them to our, hand them down to our relatives because <laughs> yeah. they'd outlive yeah. us. Yeah. That's the main thing. So we were talking a little bit about diabetes, but then, you know, like you were saying, we don't we don't want to scare people and, and think that, you know, diabetes is is the end of life for our pets. And we don't want them to think that every time they see an animal drinking a little too much water that it's diabetic. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it's just we want everybody to watch out for their pets, keep an eye on them and catch things early. You know, as, as the animals get older, 
they may need to go to the doctor a little bit more, just like we do. Right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And some interesting point is that in um, <clears throat> some cats, especially cats, they can be what's called a transient diabetic. They come in, they're diabetics. We put them on something. Usually, I put them on a low dose of an antibiotic because it's usually related to pancreas issues too. So these cats will all of a sudden become non-diabetics again. So it's really something that you not really, especially a cat, they can be for a couple of months and all of a sudden they're back to normal. So it takes a lot just to keep it. So it's not really a, a life-pressing thing mm-hmm. in a lot of these cases. That's very interesting to know, especially the cat. Yeah. Uh, interesting. should be friends with your veterinarian as well, the pets get older. The simple things, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like we were mentioning, at pets age, a lot of these changes could come along that mm-hmm. we don't see. Um, there are the conditions go into some of these little things like kidney disease, whatnot. And I saw dogs get older just like we do. Like we were just talking about that little marathon walk we did. So if your pet doesn't want to walk that two or three mile walk he did when he was a puppy, so what? He goes (laughs) 200 yards, excuse me, and comes back. That's still fine because it's his limit. And we don't want to push them past those limits. That's the thing. Like the same as ourselves. And one of the things I always mention to owners is as you walk in your pet, they want to stop. Give them that bringer to stop. For sure. They're, they're stopping for a reason. They're maybe catching their breath and we're just pulling them on. They might not be what they want. So I never really rushed those walks, especially in the older dog. For sure. You know, because for you sure. could do something. Yeah. We had sort of on a side note here, we had somebody talking about their neighbors rode a bike and the ran runs. the dog at <clears throat> the same time. And they said, is that is that cruelty? And I said, well, it certainly could be. Yeah, it, <laughs> a lot of it depends on the age of the dog and, and our is the dog kind of leading the bike um, or is, is the person dragging the dog? Yeah, that's so a difficult right. I see that a lot. And you have to really <clears throat> stop, check that dog, make sure he's not really <clears throat> excuse me, hyperventilating. And the main thing I always tell people is to look at the gum, the gums. Pick up that lip and look at the color of the gums. Mm-hmm. It's nice and pink. Normally, like when you started the run, which you should look at, and after the run, that's a good sign. But if somewhere along the way they're changing color, that could be a sign of underlying heart problems. Now we're pushing an envelope, and this mm-hmm. pet may have an issue developed. So it's good to do that. And if you did the run or walk, look at those gums after a while. See what they look like. See that it's normal. Again, observation, yeah. the yeah. dog's expression, his face. He'll tell you if he's not feeling up to it. And if he wants to rest, let him rest there. Mm-hmm. For sure. I like the idea of looking at the gums before you start the run. I wouldn't have really thought of that. It's like checking your checking your tires before, before you, you leave. The yeah, <laughs> you want to make sure that it's not broken before you begin because right. then we have something to look at. You know, We could do the same thing. You could check yourself. You check the pulse <laughs> when you're running. We could check the dog's pulse also. That's you know, easy to do that. You could just mm-hmm. you know touch his heart, feel it, and get a you know Those are extremes, but they're things that would help us interpret mm-hmm. how a pet's doing. Yeah, but feel their heart when they're laying on the couch the first. You, and get then... a base, yeah, you know what they're doing, and if you look anyway, they'll show you there's some, a lot of information out there where you could check the pulse on a dog. Mm-hmm. Check his pulse. He's laying on the floor, you're petting him in the house. Oh, great, you get a pulse. He's nice and normal. That little pulse would be like the typical beat, boom, 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 boom for us. If there's over some boom, but then there's a space of 10 minutes, something is not right. And that's pretty obvious. It's easy to do. The dog may not notice anything wrong, but mm-hmm. something may be brewing downside. Simple things. Yeah. yeah Instead of just rubbing his belly, making him feel good. <laughs> and, feed, and feeding him too much. Get, get something him, out of it. Give him too many treats. Because <laughs> that, well, you know, too many treats, that's a pretty common issue that veterinarians see too, right? That because people overfeed. Animals are starving to death like we are. And uh, <laughs> the point is that I tell people, most pieces, dogs really only have to eat like once a week. They need to drink at least every 24 to 48 hours. But food-wise, they don't. But if we're sitting at the house and we're eating all goodies, the last thing on their mind was food. 
until they smelt the pizza come in the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then they wake up to it and they want a piece of it, which makes sense. I would be doing the same thing. Of course. And this is what we do. So you give him a treat. This, he's not going to say no. <laughs> and if he does say no, which is unique, something might be wrong. That's why do you do that. You give I come to your house. There's pizza. I'm going to take a slice even if I wasn't hungry. <laughs> and this is what we try to do and overdo in our pets. Oh, yeah. We've definitely over-domesticated our dogs, I think. Like, they, like you were saying, like physically – a canine does not have to eat every no, day. But we have people that, you know, I have volunteers that will say, like, I have to get home before 4 o'clock because my dog needs to eat at 4 o'clock. And it's not like a diabetic dog. It's just a regular. Jesus. They just, that dog has their owner trained. They, they, no, they need that. They need that. to eat okay. at a certain hour every day. She's coming home. I guess I'll see food. But they are, again, these are scavengers, the same with the cats. Mm-hmm. These, are just, these animals just thrive wherever they had. They went days, weeks without food. So this is a common <laughs> entity here. We just love our pets so much. And yes. that nothing, as long as we go okay with it and slow, we should be okay. <laughs> yeah. I say don't overfeed, but oh. I probably overfeed mine. We, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. And they get treats. They deserve. They deserve the treats. So. They, when they do something that's worth it, like I deserve a treat if I do something good. I never get any because I don't do anything good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, Dr. Frank. Thank you. And we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Thank you. Welcome back to Speaking of Animals. I'm Amy Caratanudo from Flagler Humane Society here with Dr. Frank, who also is helping out at Flagler Humane Society, amongst other places. Um, but I wanted to mention a couple things we have coming up. Dr. Frank, are you a golfer? Unfortunately, I'm not a golfer. I did move down to Florida. I guess being golf would have been a good thing. But I do enjoy them watching the play, and I love the scenery. So, <laughs> well, we have a golf tournament coming up, and there's actually one of the one of the games during the golf tournament is. Um, Whoever knocks the ball closest to the beer, and that's usually like far away from where it's supposed to be. So, like, you don't even have to be a good player to play in our golf tournament. Near the beer? Near the beer. We put beer out on the green. This is, so. this is terrific. <laughs> Change <laughs> anyway, the game. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, this is, we've had, we have our golf tournament every year. Um, it's the first Monday in December. So, this year it's December 4th. It's at Grand Haven. So, if you go on our website, we would love to have. Uh, more golfers sign up. This uh, Our golf tournament is sponsored by Flagler Chrysler Dodge Jeep. Um, uh, that help, is Actually, they are actually, side note, <laughs> they have um, adoptable cats in their showroom for us this week. So uh, and I think they just got adopted. I just got the news before, the, before um, we got to the radio station that the cats at Flagler Chrysler Dodge Jeep have been adopted, so we're going to send more kittens there. But anyway, so I'm sure, I'm sure we have enough. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I digress. So the golf tournament, uh, go on our website and sign up if you're a golfer. Um, you can get a foursome together. It's really fun. Um, like I said, we do all kinds of different um, games too. They're mulligans, and I don't understand golf terms, but there's a lot of games and prizes, and it's a really good time. Uh, Grand Haven hosts us for it. Hosts it for us. And they do an amazing job. It's a great fundraiser for the animals. We have um, gift baskets and all kinds of good stuff. But it's $120 per golfer to sign up. It's a great time. Grand Haven is a beautiful course. So please go on the website, sign up. Um, The other event that we have actually the day before the golf tournament is our Festival of Wreaths. um, And that's at the Windsor Assisted Living. They've been um, hosting this for us for a few years now. It's beautiful handmade wreaths. 
which we're still getting those in. So if you're a crafter, it's not too late. Um, get a, a donate a wreath for the wreath festival. Um, but the, it's a silent auction, so it's an event at the Windsor Assisted Living. Um, they have food and music, and the residents there really enjoy the day. So it's um, Sunday, December third, from one thirty till three thirty, I believe, is the um, the event. And just come over to the Windsor Assisted Living. It's a beautiful event. Everything's decorated beautifully for the holidays. It's kind of cool to get you in the holiday spirit and. Um, Put in a bid for a few wreaths. Last year, I ended up with five wreaths. So every door on the inside of my house has, between all the years that we've done this, I end up with a wreath or two every year. But they're beautiful handmade wreaths. Volunteers throughout the county make them, and they do a beautiful job. So um, put that put that as a, a save the date on your calendar, right? You can bring your wife to that and get like a wreath that. for your Sounds house. Sounds great. Oh, I'm <laughs> so, learning. I want to do yeah. this now. <laughs> a lot of fun things coming up. We have the Grinch coming uh to the humane society on december 2nd so we got it's it's going to be a busy busy time the grinch is going to be part of a um, we're doing a um, trying to raise money to get more caronda beds the big um, sort of industrial strength beds for the kennels for the dogs so we need a few more of those and so when the grinch comes last year we did a or, or the time before when the grinch came the grinch is actually um um, Commander Mike Lutz from our Flagler County Sheriff's Office. So we love him. So when he comes, we're you know we'll have photos with the Grinch, and it'll be fun. So that's Saturday, December second. So that whole weekend, just just we're book us. Yeah. Just plan on hanging out with us for that whole December second, third, and fourth. It'll be fun. So all right, well, Doctor Frank, thank you so much for the, all the information and for being amazing and for helping the shelter. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for the invite here, and thank you, and I uh, hope. Everybody contributes and takes care of our little animals. For sure. All about. For sure. And enjoy yeah. holidays. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll talk soon.